you're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo-development, and everything in between. All right, welcome to The Bounding Box. So today, I'm joined by Anita Kemp. So Anita, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do, who you are, what's your problem? All right, thanks, Renee. Yeah, so I'm Anita. I am a product engineer on the developer experience team, and I also function as the documentation team lead. So if you don't know, the developer experience team is actually quite a bit larger than it was, you know, even a couple of years ago. But we, you know, we have a dedicated developer and like DevOps team within it. And then we have developer outreach and then the doc team as well. So we created and we maintain the developer's website. And then specifically for the doc team, we create the content and manage the mapping APIs and location services guide and also all of the guides that cover how to integrate ArcGIS location services with the open source library. So, you know, Esri Leaflet, you know, MapLibre, things like that. It's a lot. I, I don't think a lot of people realize just how big of a project the developer oh, yeah. site is, right? Like, um, like, even like I work on the Maps SDK stuff, but we have a small piece that we work on that kind mm -hmm. of, we can work in isolation and do our thing, but there's like this whole larger ecosystem of stuff that just like is yeah. massive and everything. So I can't, I, I've i never built, I've built our documentation for the Maps SDK, but I've never tried to build the whole thing. And, oh yeah. Uh, it, it's a, every, <laughs> I see the release notes every now and then like, oh, the developer site's been updated today. So you know, check it out, see what you got in there, but it's a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, we have to coordinate you know, across the SDK teams, right? So it's not only the JavaScript team, but it's also all of the native SDK teams as well. And just trying to figure out what like the best user experience is, right, across the site. So if a developer is on, say, the Mapping APIs guide and wants to go to like .NET or the JavaScript, right, SDK, like there should be a the same expectation, right? And that uh, that whole workflow has really been um, streamlined, I think, a lot. It wasn't that a few years ago, documentation was not great. It was just that if you were at one point in the doc somewhere and you wanted to say, go from, find something in the REST API, right? Yeah. It could be quite a task to go and do the searching and you would get results from all these different pieces of the doc for a particular like endpoint, like how the different mm -hmm. uh, APIs might use that one endpoint, but you never really could get directly to the one you wanted right away. And now it's so much easier. You go directly to developer site. Um, there's all these different, ways you can click through find stuff it's just so much easier to find things now oh yeah <laughs> no that that's really great to hear <laughs> um let's see so in terms of my problem so i don't actually know if you know too much about my background but like i'm i don't have a cs degree um i don't have a gis background either so i'm i was actually trained as a linguist so i got oh, wow. like my yeah yeah so <laughs> but even now like I still have that linguist mode on. And so whenever I'm talking to people, like you can ask Raul, like on our team or anybody, they're like, yeah, Anita always talks about language and it'll always be like, oh, fascinating. Tell me more about like, you know, the syntax of this language or like the declension system. And I have to be like, Anita, not everyone wants to hear about like. <laughs> That's great you know, though, because that is such yeah. a useful skill to have. It's just in communication alone, right? To be able to, mm -hmm. Uh, talk to people to make things clear for people. I mean, you're in the exact right position then. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's, I like looking back on it now, I totally agree with you because, 
you know, I went to like a coding boot camp and, you know, learned how to, you know, do web development with JavaScript and .NET. And I was like, well, I don't really want to spend all of my time coding, but like everybody in like that cohort absolutely wanted to find like the code samples and the documentation for their projects. But then at, like we're complaining about, I don't know, the MDN docs, right? <laughs> and then they never actually wanted to write the documentation, right? So wow. I found like my niche where I'm like, I can, I know the code and I can also write. So I'm going to stick with this and so the rest is history. What was it that got you to Esri then? Out of like, yeah. I guess, wherever you could have gone <laughs> with this particular skill set, which is very portable, right? I mean, how, how did you end up at Esri at all? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's, I mean, all of our paths kind of meander, right? So, um, I, so yeah, I went to school for linguistics and I was, um, I went to Oregon. So I have everything but a dissertation in linguistics. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, there came a certain point in time where I'm like, I don't really want to stay in academia for a while. It wasn't as fulfilling, I guess. And so I was like, well, you know, what I really like is doing the coding part of it. So in linguistics, we do a lot of, you know, stats with R, for instance, okay. or there was, um, there's also this one program, it's called Prot which is basically like you analyze, you use it to like analyze vowel spacing and things like that. And that was really interesting. So that's how I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break from academia and decide what I want to do. And I decided I wanted to do web development. So yeah, we moved up to Portland. <laughs> so what does development for linguistics look like? You say, you say you're using R or something like that. I mean, how exactly is that done? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways. One is to do straight like statistics, right? You can do your regression analysis, things like that. But there's also a field in linguistics called corpus linguistics. So imagine like a giant data set of like speech or text, right? Anything. And you can use R to start like going into the data set, like finding patterns, things like that and extracting it. So we used a lot of R for data management and for statistics as well. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know there was a lot of that. I didn't know that was oh, yeah. your field, right? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely fun. I mean, linguistics is one of those things that it's pretty broad. So, you know, you have like the people who will go out and document like, you know, a language in the middle of, I don't know, Papua New Guinea, right? But then you also have like, the linguist who will only look at data sets like Twitter corpora, corpora right? Or, you know, internet, I, oh, what is it? I remember looking at one study where they were looking at like World of Warcraft, like <laughs> text corpora, cause it's there, like it's all there public so you can mine the data for it. So it's very, very broad. That's gotta be scary. I spent way too much time in World of Warcraft. <laughs> I can only imagine what that data set would look like. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some there's some pretty interesting stuff. <laughs> Man, that's cool though. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, well, I didn't know that it was like a full field, like an act. Well, I guess in academia, there's a lot of different fields you get into, but that's mm -hmm. neat. And how, yeah. how do you how do you apply that to uh, the work you do now? Really, I mean, is it um, is it mostly just um, in how things should be written in terms of like flow mm -hmm. or something? That's an interesting question. I think. 
part of it is when you're a linguist, you're trained that there's two types of grammar, right? There's prescriptive grammar, which is like the academic, like you should say it like this, right? Versus descriptive grammar, which is more of how people talk, right? And so it's it's interesting being in this field or like as a doc writer, because you have to at times adhere to that prescriptive side because that's what people expect, right? When reading, but at the same time, we have some liberty to say, well, well, really, like people don't say, like, I, I can't think of an example right now, but we can say, like, okay, there are very there's variation in how we talk about extents. For instance, we have extent, we have bounding box, right? And so we can kind of play with the, how we refer to things and justify it, saying, well, people really say bounding box a lot. And, you know, insert that into our docs so that it's easier to like translate between, you know, if you're a Mapbox developer versus an Esri developer. So I think in that way, I think my background kind of helps, but also it's just fun to I don't know, read and work with language. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> I'm digging that. That's awesome. I can yeah. tell my, my language is not very good. <laughs> but... Oh, no, you're totally fine. Like, like I said, <laughs> I mean, everyone's language is unique and everyone's language is valid right and that's what i try to tell people that's awesome i love that one all the time everyone's language yeah. is unique but they're all valid that's cool yes <laughs> now you also do yeah. a lot of uh tutorial videos right you do quite a few of those i've seen you uh put a few of those out there pretty cool how are you liking those <laughs> yeah i mean i wish we could do more of them because it's part of like our outreach incentive as well is that, you know, a lot of developers really like the visual side of things and just watching someone go through the tutorial instead of having to read like all the steps and then, you know, copying and pasting, which, you know, there's an audience for that too. So yeah, we're definitely trying to do more of them and it's fun. I think like to translate what you've written into actual like, steps <laughs> that's cool that's a lot of yeah. fun now i did yeah. want to ask you because i've seen this mm -hmm. uh you mentioned this quite a bit on different places yeah. this new places api right mm -hmm. now yeah i mean i work at esri and i still haven't i haven't used it i'm not familiar mm -hmm. too much familiar with it but what is the new places api start off with that sure yeah um so the places service if you're unfamiliar with it it's going to come out in beta in uh next month and it's it's really targeted so basically you know we've had the geocoding service right that you could find places with but now we have this new api that not only can you find poi but you can also return like details about them so for example i am walking down the street and i just want to find like a starbucks well you can do that but then you can also find like the store hours of that Starbucks or the user ratings and all of that oh, like okay. fine grained. Yeah, it's like all the fine grained detail that you want, but you couldn't get from like the geocoding service. So like with the places API, there's like two ways of working with it, right? There's one where, you know, you search nearby places. Like if you're on your phone and you just want to find like a Starbucks, right? Within a certain radius from you. And then the other way is like searching within an extent and then, you know, finding like all of the hotels, say in Los Angeles, for example. But yeah, I think the, the main differentiator is the fact that you can get like that 
really granular details of each place. And it's also the amount of categories that there are and will be coming as well. It will be exponentially bigger. That's cool because I know with the geocoding yeah. API, you can ask for categories. The results you get back, I think right now you get back maybe like, well, you get the address, mm-hmm. you get a phone number, and if you're mm-hmm. lucky, you'll get a website URL. And I think those mm-hmm. are like really the only three things you'll get. Well, the name of the business too. Um, sure. But I guess on the category side, are they more generalized? Like, because um, right now I know that categories you can do like, Oh, there's so many subcategories of yeah, subcategories yeah. and stuff. But is it just a very like a normalized set of categories for the places API so it's a little easier to use? Um well I would say that there's there's also a lot of categories. So okay. you know, we have like there's like ten general categories, right? Like arts and entertainment and you know, dining and drinking, right? That's like the main categories, and you can search. Like, you know, each category has a unique ID and you can use that ID to do a general search like that. But if you are really wanting like that targeted search, you can do that as well. Say you only want like, I don't know, Italian restaurants or like French oh, restaurants, okay. but like pro, like Provence style restaurants, you can yeah. search for that too. So it's like really, really, again, I like using this word granular <laughs> in the way they... <laughs> In the way they have organized their categories. That's yeah. cool. So I guess based on how you want to mm-hmm. set your app or something like that, you can really customize it to whatever needs you you have for a particular app, right? So yeah, that's neat. yes, for sure. Yeah, so you can either search by the category, or you can do like a complete like keyword search, and you know find like the places that ha- have the word like cafe in their name, or that fall within that category of like cafes and dining and drinking. So. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's How will really people fun. sign up for that for the beta next month? Is that going to be just mm-hmm. in the um, I don't know? Is there a beta sign up site, or is it just via developer site somewhere? I don't have the details about that as yet, but um, as of now, you will need to have an ArcGIS platform account to actually access the Places service. So yeah, so you can get a developer account for free if you go to the developers.arcgis.com website. And um, yeah, and then we will have a specific uh, scope that you can set for your API key to start playing with the service. Oh, that's cool. I dig that. Yeah. Can I start yeah, using yeah. it now? Am I, can I get early beta? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to talk to the team behind that one, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll play. I'll see what yeah. I can wiggle out of those folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm really excited for it. That's neat. And I guess in general, too, you just... um you work on a lot of stuff for like developer and everything like that. I mean, how, how would you recommend mm-hmm. users that are new to the platform get started? Sure. Yeah. I would say the first thing is to get an ArcGIS account. So the easiest is getting that platform account, which is just a free developer account. It comes with a free tier. So you get, you know, a number of free base map um, tiles and geocodes and things like that per month. Uh, so once you sign up for that account, you get an API key and you can scope it to access different services. And then you can just start playing with the SDKs. And if you want to learn more about location services and, you know, how to get started even more, I guess, is to go to the Mapping APIs and Location Services Guide. 
that's cool and like you said i think yeah. you said before we have a lot of different guys there are things for like leaflet or mm-hmm. map libre yep. and of course the maps sdk for javascript that kind of um already has like built-in stuff on top of all these different yeah. services and everything but you're not limited you, you can pretty much use it wherever you want to uh back end front end um don't even need a map necessarily right i mean you can just kind right. of create a dashboard of stuff if you really wanted to um, yeah. using all these things that's cool yeah i think that was like the like a really good thing that happened is like with the release of platform was the fact that I mean, you can consume our location services in these open source guides. Like there's there's nothing hindering you from yeah. that. And the fact that we have like, you know, ArcGIS REST.js to help developers, you know, access the REST APIs is, I think it's really nice. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, DS, I want to be a bit respectful yeah. of your time, but before yeah. I let you go, you got any tips or tricks for people that uh, you want to shout out? It doesn't have to be anything yeah geo related or anything like that anything at all you want to tell people yeah okay so let's see i think the first one is the fact that we have a feedback widget on the developer site so you know whenever you you know click the button and you know provide some feedback we as in me and the doc team do read it and you know we update the site weekly like you mentioned so you know we can make some changes based on feedback and we'd love to hear how you guys use our doc. Um, let's see, another tip or trick. I don't have another one, but I would like to know from you, what is your favorite like thing about language? Like oh. anything, yeah. You know, and I guess this is kind of, I mean, just how it can differ so much, but you just kind of understand what people are saying most of the time right so yeah like i grew up in la i grew up in east la as a lot of slang that we've got out there and i have most of it i don't use anymore i've it's kind of like gone out but every now and then if i even get excited or something like that i get into it and it'll come out or even like spanglish a lot of these like broke Mm -hmm. but other people still understand what i'm saying like, mm-hmm. And I don't, it's kind of weird sometimes you just kind of know based on maybe tone or um, familiarity with some other words, something like that, of what they're getting to. And like a lot of slang words are kind of like, um, I'd say like it's it's a Spanish word, but it doesn't really have a real Spanish meaning, but mm-hmm. you'd understand if you heard it in English. Most of them are words I can't yeah. really repeat, but... <laughs> People know what you're getting to. And I think oh, yeah. that's interesting. And, and you probably you get that out a yeah. lot from like other languages too. And I, I've heard other um, people like, you know, in French, stuff like that. If someone, if now a couple of French speaking people, even when they're speaking and they say something just by the tone, you get an idea of like, yeah, I, under, I understand what you're getting at there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I have similar experiences because I live in Albuquerque, right? So we, we also have like a lot of bilingualism going on. Yeah, I think... Like, yeah, tone and just like the gestures are just fascinating yeah. because we, we use so much of like non-linguistic cues to mm-hmm. actually understand what's going on, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one of the, yeah. it was funny when I was doing a lot of the plenary stuff at Esri and then I was doing the, the yeah. Palm Springs and, and European Dev Summit, I was very yeah. much with my hands a lot. <laughs> and a lot of feedback was like, can you tone down the, the handness Oh, really? that you've got there because it's a little bit much i was very like like this and that and 
They're like, that's kind of a bit, just you know, keep it low, below your eye level with the gestures and we're okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, I get you. I understand what you're saying. Just don't get carried away. Yeah, yeah but, you know, I remember there was a, um, someone in my PhD program who was studying gesture and the fact that, like, it is so important because we use it just to, like, emphasize, you know, <laughs> what we're saying or, you know, it just it carries a lot of meaning and like people just don't under like think about it sometimes just how much, I mean, I'm using gestures right now Yeah. <laughs> to like, yeah, to emphasize a point or just to like talk about it, something. So that's cool. That's a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank cool. you very much. I appreciate it. And I'll be talking to you next time. Yeah. Cool. Thanks Renee. Thank you for listening to the bounty box today. Please subscribe for more content.